Hey guys, welcome back to another Trucking Made Successful podcast where we talk about the trucking industry, the freight market, how it affects the spot market, and try to make sense of the craziness we are living in today. So last week I made a podcast on the situation with the market just like I do every single Friday. And there was one comment on my YouTube channel that really stood out to me. I'm going to summarize it for you guys. Basically, the gentleman said that the data and honest views of the market are extremely important, but bringing some hope without smoke and mirrors is equally as important. At first, I completely misunderstood the comment, thinking that moral support is what this gentleman was looking for, and moral support is something that I was not ready or willing to provide because, in my opinion, it can do more harm than good in a situation where we all need to have a small fire under our butts to survive. But then, of course, I was corrected, and what this gentleman wanted was some solutions or some tips to actually survive this bad market, something a bit more encouraging. And this gave me an idea to make this podcast and the video on my YouTube channel. So thank you to Brian, who left that comment. I do appreciate it. And that is why I love our community so much. I learn different perspectives, and you guys teach me a ton every single day. So the topic of today is how do you keep afloat during this downturn in the freight market? Now, this kind of question is pretty subjective because every business is operated differently. Every person is unique, but I'm going to tell you my opinions and what has worked for me. And I'm looking forward to hearing what has worked for you as well in the comments. I know you guys can't comment under this podcast, but you're welcome to do so under the YouTube video. So cash flow is a topic that I absolutely have to start with because regardless of how big of a profit you are turning in your company, if you're cash flow poor, your business will not survive. Now I have a whole separate video on cash flow on my YouTube channel that I will link in the description below to show you why it's important. But in this podcast, I want to focus on how to manage it. Cash flow is basically a measure of money flowing in versus money flowing out of your business. And timing, especially in this industry, is everything. So let's take a look at the money flowing out first. So what I do at the end of each month, and if you're interested in seeing the charts, again, they're on my YouTube video, but what I do at the end of each month is I create a spreadsheet for the following month that shows all the expenses. Now, for the purpose of this example, I'm not using real numbers because I'm estimating a one truck operation with these numbers, but it will give you an idea. So I separate my expenses into fixed ones where I know exactly what the amount is that will be going out. And then the variable ones, I try to overestimate as much as possible. So for example, if I have $20,000 in my accounts cash on September 1st, which is Friday, I also know that on Fridays is when payroll and fuel expenses are due and are taken directly from my checking account. So I overestimate payroll and the fuel. For example, payroll is $3,000 for one driver, and then there is a payroll fee, $50, and the fuel I'm estimating at $2,500 for that week. I also have two fixed expenses before Monday the 4th, First is the trailer payment of $709.96, 
And the second is physical damage insurance of $786.25. So by Sunday, I know that I need around $7,046 in cash to cover these expenses, which I know I have because my starting balance was $20,000. After all of these expenses, I know that I will have around $12,953 left in my account on Sunday, the 3rd of September, provided that no brokers pay during that time. So I do the same thing for week two, week three, and week four to see at which point I'm going to actually run out of cash. Now, if no payments come through from brokers, and if I'm not factoring, I would run out of cash by Sunday, September 10th. So now this brings me to the second part of cash flow, which is the inflow of money. This expense spreadsheet helps me make decisions when booking loads. As I said in my last podcast and video, the highest rate per mile I can get is not the only thing I care about. I also care about how to book a load that will increase my cash flow. Now, we all know that without factoring, brokers tend to pay 30, 40, sometimes 50 days after the load is delivered, so we will be considering factoring in this example. I know that by Sunday the 3rd, I will be out of pocket over $7,000 because of the expenses, so that means that the week before, I will already be making decisions on my loads. So if I have a choice, take a $3 per mile one day load grossing $800 for the one day, or a two day load paying $2.42 per mile grossing $2,400 for two days, I will choose the $2,400 load even though the rate per mile is less because that is $1,200 per day, which is much higher than my cost per mile and brings me the cash I need to cover those expected expenses. Does that make sense? So if you only focus on the rate per mile, you might end up in a situation where, yeah, you're making $4 per mile on your loads and that's fantastic, but you're just not making enough money gross to cover those expenses, especially the fixed ones that do not change regardless of where or how you run. Now, I know that sometimes we have unexpected expenses like for example, a $30,000 repair that pops out of nowhere. What I personally do is I put the unexpected expenses on my company credit card because this expense will have to be covered at a later date when I have to pay off my credit card. That way, those $30,000 are not ruining my cash flow and I'm not scrambling right now and I have several weeks to figure out my steps in order to cover that expense without killing my cash flow today. Now, company credit cards are something I'm pretty picky about. Currently, my favorite one is the Inc. Business Premier Chase Card, which offers unlimited 2% cash back on all purchases and 2.5% cash back on transactions over $5,000. That means that if we have that $30,000 in repairs, I get $750 back in points, which I can convert to cash. Now, a word of caution with credit cards, I know we're not children here, but I have seen people get completely swallowed up by debt. If you decide to get a company credit card, monitor it like a hawk and pay the full balance off on time every single time because those interest rates are crazy. It's easy to get a bit more relaxed when you know that you have a credit card with a limit of $100,000, but 
When it comes to paying it off, there will be a lot of elbow biting and crying going on. So be careful. The next thing is, of course, operational strategy. When you're booking a load, this is a question to you guys. What are you looking at? Are you just looking to get the highest rate per mile? Are you looking to go to a good market? Are you being picky with the commodity type? Maybe all of the above. My strategy is pretty simple. Yes, I know by heart pretty much where the good and bad markets are, but more often than not, to get to a good market from a predominantly bad market, I'm going to have to take a hit on my rate per mile. So what I do is pretty simple. I'll give you an example from last week. If you are following my YouTube channel, you probably saw the video of me booking a load on Monday, last Monday, from Eugene, Oregon to California. Now, California is a pretty crappy place to get out of with a flatbed. So I had two choices, take a disgusting rate per mile to a better market from California or take a good rate per mile to a dead market and deadhead out of there. Now, I personally will always choose the second option, but my calculation of how I do it is what I want to show you. We ended up in Pomona, California on Wednesday last week. Bad, 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 bad place. But I already know enough about California to know that most flatbed drivers and carriers will predominantly choose to go either to the south, midwest, or the Pacific Northwest from Southern California, even at a bad rate per mile, just so they can say they ended up in a better area. Where do they not go for the most part? Montana, Wyoming, and Colorado. The drive is unpleasant and the markets are dead there. So I quickly learned that if I just wait long enough, I can grab a load to middle of Nowheresville, Colorado for a decent rate. So what I did, and this is not the first time I'm doing this, I book a load at the last minute going from California to Colorado near the border of Kansas. Now, this is a horrible place to deliver, so negotiating is pretty easy. Before asking for a rate, though, I look at the load board to see what is coming out of where at delivery in a 450-mile radius, and I see that Lincoln, Nebraska, while not fantastic, is still pretty workable. Now, this is about 400 miles away from where the delivery is. So the way I calculate it is I calculate the deadhead to get to pickup plus the deadhead we will do to get from delivery to Lincoln, Nebraska, plus the loaded miles. The result, $3,450 for a two-day load to Colorado. The loaded rate per mile was $2.95. With the additional 453 deadhead miles to pick up and from delivery to Lincoln, it came out to about $2.12 per mile. No, $2.12 per mile is not good if you're looking at it from a loaded mile standpoint. But consider also that we are empty during that deadhead and most people will deadhead out of a dead market anyway. This way, I still make a profit. Now, I'm sure someone will wonder, so I'm going to answer this question right away. From Lincoln, Nebraska, I got a $2.40 per mile load back to Cali, all miles. Not a single day or cent lost. So advice number two is when you're booking a load to a bad market, make sure that the load also covers the deadhead you will have to do out of that market. No one said that deadheading is free. You're still spending fuel and that way you're not stuck agreeing to a cheap rate from a bad market just to get out. 
Remember, say no to cheap rates. Now, then there's the question of reputation with brokers. And before you guys start screaming at me in your heads, let me explain what I mean. I know it's very tempting to let brokers know everything you think of them sometimes, but the reality is that we are currently in a situation where even the smallest issue on the carrier side can cause the carrier to lose the load. Brokers have every opportunity to be picky right now because they are not scrambling for capacity and boy are they picky, we all know it. Carriers make it to carrier 411 with or without reason these days, so be careful. Regardless of the current situation, good service should be a priority. Don't hold loads hostage. Try to be on time if the weather, road conditions, and your hours of service allow. And if you anticipate something going wrong, keep those lines of communication open. So why do I say this? Because even though reputation and tenure with one broker might not mean much these days, and I already told you guys that I had a broker that I have spent four years building a solid reputation with, and when I booked a load with them, they called me and they told me they found a cheaper carrier and removed us from that load. Even though that reputation is not going to shield you from a broker being a broker, what it can somewhat shield you from is finding an excuse not to use you as a broker. You guys know me, I have a lot to say about brokers and on the phone with them, I'm distant but always professional. But reliable service and constant communication is something I still prioritize when I'm on a load. Something I can tell you with certainty is that when I call a broker on a load, I have zero fear that they will deny that load because of something that I could have prevented. Yeah, they will deny the rate or say, you have less than a year of authority, so we can't use you when RMC is four years old, but reputation will never be an issue. Give them less ammunition to use against you. Personally, the moment a load is booked, I will let the broker know that ETA, when we are at pickup, when we are loaded and rolling, ETA to the receiver when we arrive, and the moment we are unloaded, I send a bill of lading right away. Now, this does a few things. First of all, the more proactive I am with these updates, the less my guys will get bothered with check calls. Number two, I'm actively helping the broker build a reputation with their customer by providing location updates. And I don't care about the reputation of the broker, but in turn, I'm building my own reputation. Just last Friday, I booked a load from Lincoln, Nebraska. Yep, the one that we had to deadhead to. And the broker said, just don't go falling off the load on me. Now, I told him that in the four years that we have been in business, we fell off a load only once. And this is the honest truth. When our reefer decided to quit its existence right before picking up a frozen load. Now, we both agreed that whether you're a broker or a carrier or a shipper, an agreement is an agreement and it must be respected. Professionalism and building trust are important. Finally, a piece of advice I personally follow is patience and speed. Sounds kind of contradictory, doesn't it? Now, there are days when I look at the load board in a particular market and I panic because every load pays like crap. Is there a part of me that wants to just book something the best there is at the moment just to get the heck out? Heck yeah, this panic can be blinding sometimes. But I did teach myself pretty quickly that sometimes patience and speed does pay off. 
Now, what do I mean? If I'm in a bad market, I can sit for four, five, six, seven hours waiting for something else to come out, but I never take my eyes off the load board. Yep, I'm literally sitting and refreshing it for that long without distraction. That's the patience aspect. And it does give me a migraine, I have to admit, but it does pay off most of the time. What usually happens is that towards the second part of the day, either a late load pops up for a decent price and I book it right away because I'm literally staring at the damned board, that's where the speed comes in, or someone falls off and I can cover that load. I won't lie and say it works every time. There are days where I lose the day because nothing pops up at all. And usually what I do at that point is start searching where to deadhead. But I would say that 85% of the time I have been lucky with this tactic. So while I know that panic can really drive us to make bad decisions, I encourage you to simply wait and give that load board or whatever you use your undivided attention until that one load pops up and you are the first to call. Anyway, guys, I think this podcast has been long enough. Again, a thank you to Brian for being the inspiration behind this podcast and the video. I really appreciate it. And I really hope that this information gives you something to work with to stay afloat right now. While we can't change the overall situation, we can adapt to it. We humans, yeah, we're very flawed, but we're also able to adapt both psychologically and emotionally and physically. Remember, Charles Darwin once said, it's not the strongest of the species that survives, nor the most intelligent that survives. It is the one that is the most adaptable to change. Wishing you all a fantastic week ahead, and I'll catch you in the next podcast.